Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Great to have you in. Roadshow Monday. We're here at Rosie's downtown with Hale Bar City Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're well. Hope you're recovered from Black Friday. Hope you're recovered from all sorts of overdoing it at the uh, the dining room table. Did you weigh yourself before Thanksgiving? Did you weigh yourself after Thanksgiving? And did you uh, lose some of that weight? With about two seconds left, around 2.30 on Black Friday. It is a, an extended therapy Monday here on Hale Varsity, 489-1240. 489-1240. And Elijah and I will try and offer some solutions moving forward with Nebraska football because uh, the old uh, Counting Crows song, Long December, has been played on loop for many of you and some of you are screaming at me i don't listen to the counting crows fine whatever but it it made a little bit of sense because this is going to be well the longest of of off seasons because nebraska was right there 489-1240-800-825-5865 you want to get in uh, you're welcome to it. We'll get to all of your stream comments. Chopper76 uh, leads off roll call. He was in first. We'll get to his comments. You want to make a comment, real easy to do. Different ways to participate. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel can watch the show there and comment. Uh, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio is uh, where you go to watch the show and uh, follow us on Twitter, KFOR, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. can email Elijah, Elijah at HerdAtSports.com. Uh, so we're here at Rosie's, 10th and P downtown. You are invited down to come hang out and uh, be part of the Big Ten recap. Unfortunately, uh, we've recapped this ending too many times, three times in the same season. There's been a walk-off win for somebody else. Monday Night Football, I know you know a Bears fan. I know you know a Vikings fan. They touch gloves tonight. Elijah, did you make it through your holiday weekend all right, unscathed, plenty of turkey? Oh, yeah, not as much turkey as I would have liked. I, I, I opened up my Thanksgiving leftovers to my roommates, and they hammered the turkey, so... Uh, that is all right with me. I still have some green bean casserole and some mashed potatoes left over, so I'm still rocking through that. But other than that, good. At least the Broncos got it done yesterday. That was a convincing win over the Browns in a score. Saving grace game. for you. A scoregami game. That was all good. And I'm feeling refreshed. It's just kind of that, that depressing feeling of into the long, dark night of the offseason we go. 
is it football season yet? Uh, yes, it's it's still football season, so we'll shift to recruiting. We'll shift to some comments Matt Rule will have for us on Wednesday and plenty of, of Big Red football to still talk about. Big Red Hoops is unbeaten. Creighton looms, so we'll ramp up to that in Michigan State. Those are two circled dates for Fred and company. Uh, phone call that we got to get to? Yes, we do. We have Scott on the line. All right, Scott's going to lead us off. Scott, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go for it. Hi, how are you folks today? We're hanging in, man. What do you think? Well, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm the old guy in the West Side Stadium sells programs. And anyway, uh, I'm thinking that Nebraska ran into the same problem that Mississippi State did. And that is. Not enough cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends on who you ask, who Mississippi State's hosting or or visiting, if there is such thing as too much cowbell. Our old friend the Pirate loved his cowbell he had on his desk. He'd play it for us from time to time. But, yeah, they just found a way to, to not get it done, and that's spanned seasons I love this group defensively. I love the youth on offense or some of the guys that got reacquainted with some starting spots after guys went down. So I'm not out on Nebraska. I'm not out on Nebraska 2024. I just think there's some some things that need to be looked at, specifically the offense, Scott, and, and where they need to go, what, what type of play they need to get from one very important position that the rest of the world's looking for, pro college, high school, peewee, and that is the quarterback spot. And can you find a guy that'll make good decisions? Can you find a guy that you trust to call plays for? And can you find a guy that gets into a groove when it comes to his play calling? And uh, just so we bring this full circle, can you start out better than the 11-yard line? <laughs> can, you, can you do that multiple times in a game so you're not having to put together a big play or pray that a big play, a shot play happens, or you're able to reel off 13 plays, 89 yards? Easier said than done. Yeah, I, uh, it's disappointing, but I think they've got the right coaches. And to, don't bail on them now. Uh, I think they got the, the keys, uh, what they need to do. And they're going to do it, and uh, I think they're going to they're going to be okay. Uh, just give him some time. Uh, he didn't say he was going to uh, uh, fire up the whole world this first year, so uh, he got to hang with him for a little bit. Uh, I think they're on the right track. Uh, it seems to be the right attitude. Uh, now the fans, we got to adapt that same right attitude and uh, help them along and encourage them. So that's all i got to say, and happy holidays to you, you folks. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the show, and uh, uh, we'll hang with the, the basketball team, and uh, I think they get a good shot against uh, the Blue Jays. That, that'll be a fun ball game. Scott, take care. Best to you. Thanks for being there for all those years with Nebraska selling programs out in front of the West Stadium. And you got to get your program from Scott for sure. Appreciate the phone call, Scott, 489-1240. I don't – listen, there's been – if you go back through the old tape, the, the tape screams make a change. That is Nebraska fan uh, emotional 
understandably so after another walk-off gut punch. Uh, Matt Rule's more measured. This staff is very measured. And they know they got to get better in a better Big Ten in 2024. It can't be just one side of the football doing all the heavy lifting. And, you know, there's so many things to address, Elijah. Crunch time, quarterback play, uh, the management of, of crunch time. And I think depending on who you ask, the question is still valid. Monday afternoon, are you still pissed? <laughs> and, yeah, some are. Some are still ticked off uh, about Black Friday. And, and it's not just Black Friday. It's, it's Minnesota. It's Wisconsin. It's Maryland. It's Colorado. Uh, I don't think anyone was expecting an, an unbeaten season. Uh, all the analytics pegged the 5-7 and seven finish or, or around there. But the team was right there, uh, Elijah, to have that breakthrough. Let's get to Vegas. Let's get to, to Phoenix. Let's get to Detroit, the oil change bowl. All of there was, all of that was still on the, um, uh, on the table for Nebraska, and they couldn't close. But there's a little bit of this same old Nebraska mindset, bud, with uh, getting into a close game and not being able to finish. It's going to take some, some time, the right guy pulling the trigger and coaching up that right guy. And I think that's that's got to be addressed. Uh, th- this staff has shown the ability to uh, develop, but you got to have more development at the quarterback spot, and that's not a shot at Harburg. That's not a shot at, at Chubba. That's squarely on the shoulders of your offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach, whether you have an injured team or not. Figure out what they can do, call it, and then pray that they go execute it. Well, you, you ask where I'm at, Schmitty. I, I use the grieving process here as the example. You have denial and anger, which I think <laughs> denial is where you were at whenever Chubba Purdy threw the interception late in the fourth quarter. No way that could have just You happened. were waiting for it to happen. Maybe it wasn't an interception, but you were waiting for a fumble, a false start, some sort of act of God against Nebraska. I was waiting for something bad to happen. Great, Tommy Hill picked it. Great, there's a holding call. You're out of field goal range. How are they going to bleep this up in the last minute 10? And it happened because you've seen it happen all in November. Well, regardless of when denial happened, I think we made it through anger and bargaining in our postgame show. <laughs> Maybe anger was postgame. Bargaining was in the Saturday morning show when we had Brandon and Gary on. Depression, maybe that's where we're firmly at right now. Then you got to get to acceptance which, according to the, the Kubler-Ross grief cycle, exploring options, a new plan in place, moving on. Have we made it there on a Monday just yet? I don't no know. No way. Absolutely but, but not. If you haven't made it there just yet, I think I'm, I'm starting to get there. I'm looking at the Matt Rule history, right? Maybe hmm? this is the first piece of off-season Kool-Aid that you need here on uh, Monday, November 27th at 4.16 p.m. Is, is the acceptance that you need on year one looking at year two at both Temple and Baylor, because Matt Rule said, you know what, it feels more like a year two than a year one. He's saying that back in fall camp. Year two at Temple, six and six. Year two at Baylor, seven and six. Year one at Nebraska, we know it's five and seven, but it's still kind of in that same ilk. Year three at Temple, 10 and two regular season. Year three at Baylor was an 11 and one regular season. If Nebraska's a year ahead, as Matt Rule insinuated, what's that year three pop? Is it as simple as going and getting yourself a quarterback? Is that all it takes? to get that year three pop because the defense looks pretty ready-made as I'm already mm-hmm. forecasting out to next year. You have a lot of pieces in place, only a couple of holes. Who fills the shoes of Quentin Newsom is one question. 
who fills the roles in the interior linebacker spots is another question. But Nebraska's defense looks fairly ready-made for next season. Are they just a quarterback away? If so, year two could be that year three pop. There's the first bit of offseason Kool-Aid for you if you haven't heard it just yet. You got it from Elijah Herbal on November 27th, about 4.15 p.m. So 4.17 Central Standard Chime, <laughs> Ch- Chopper 76 first. And I'm still pissed. First damn game to win in all of November. Just one damn game to win all of November. The whole damn month. Ugh. Um, so he's still in anger in the denial. Yeah, he, he's still in anger. Uh, Brandon, I don't know what he's wanting to send, but he wants to send Sat a Christmas present. That might be bargaining. Is that bargaining? <laughs> Maybe it's depression. I don't know. Anonymous checks in. In the stream, you're welcome to do it. Hail Varsity YouTube uh, channel is where you watch the show and send in your comments. We'll get to more of your phone calls, 489-1240. Open phones till 5. Uh, as, as I, well, instead of Therapy Monday, we'll just call it Grieving Monday. People remember Temple football games for uh, a couple of hours. People remember Baylor football games for a couple of weeks. People remember Nebraska football games for 50 years. Amen, Anonymous. Uh, it is memorable. It is part of your fabric. And uh, more from Anonymous. The only FBS team without a six-win season in the last seven years. Colorado, UMass, New Mexico, and Nebraska. But at least Colorado's still on that list. Uh, Matthew checks in and says, So many thoughts and feelings. I'm not sure where to start. And uh, Anonymous wraps up, I've never seen a team win after their quarterback fell in the end zone. What the bleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Biscuits and Gravy tried to to make that a a memorable finish because, and, and Dolman nailed it. Dolman sent me a text and said, how epic would it be, 12 to 10, Nebraska gets a safety and, and wins the ball game. So there you have it. But uh, we'll dive in here next segment to the topic of, of vision and reality. What, what is the vision moving forward for Nebraska? What's the reality moving forward for Nebraska? 800 825 5865. Uh, and uh, Brian checks in in the stream. Highly aggravating couple of weeks. I think I'm putting my name in the transfer portal. See, I don't know about that. I don't That's know how a much far, but like it was. I how much more Nebraska fans can can take with this, and it's been an ongoing thing. It's not just a rule thing. You you were in position to win every single game in November. I, I will say that maybe people will go and 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 find the the little small moments while they were in position. I, I think if Chubba Purdy was in at the end of that Michigan State game, Husker fans would be feel a lot better about his ability to go down and lead a, a game winning drive. Uh, Maryland game. What happens if you kick the field goal instead of just trying to, to get into the end zone in that moment? Wisconsin game. If you use your timeouts differently, do you go win that game? Iowa. I mean, you're in position to win that football game. If there's no holding call on the on the interception return, if Chubba Purdy doesn't throw it right between the, what was it, the the nine and the zero of the Iowa defender? I don't the, know. The, I the zone are. blitzed dropped defensive end I mean, just by moments, Phil Parker. Moments in all those games where you say Nebraska should have gotten to six wins, but they don't, and we're back into the offseason, and Highly frustrating is, uh, is simply put with how that season ended. Highly, highly frustrated. question is, does Nebraska come back motivated through the offseason? 
what type of changes Absolutely. are made, what does that disappointing November lead to through an offseason? We're going to be here, Schmitty, for the next, what, nine months talking about it? That's, that's yeah. the, the depressing aspect of this Monday here is you're staring down the barrel of another nine-month-long offseason. And well, a there's lot not a lot between of now and September. fluff and hype with, with Rule. He's pretty matter-of-fact. Then you, Grandpa, perhaps stop handing out black shirts before the games and hand out yellow socks after the game. Seems appropriate for a group that continues to choke and pee down their leg. Uh, it's it's a skill to win tight ball games. Just ask Iowa. Uh, down here at Rosie's, 10th and P, a Rosie's Road Show, a Big Ten recap. Get to your phone calls, get to your comments, and open phones here this first hour. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will join us at 5. Jay Moore completes the Black Shirt Hour. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to your road show. Monday here, Rosie's downtown, 10th and P. You're invited out, hunkered out for some Monday night football. Bears, Vikings, they'll have uh, bags going on. Love Rosie's down here. Plenty of space. They have uh, all sorts of amenities for you. Pool table, darts, the bags league. is just a ton of fun. A group of dudes and gals roll in here and uh, show off their arm. Uh, pinpoint accuracy and precision. Great drink specials, as always, here at Rosie's downtown. Come see Munchie and the crew. And, yeah, the uh, the Monday food specials are uh, to die for as well. So but we you, invite you, you down. You that in a way that we need to figure out if they can evade a defensive end and if they have any college eligibility left. That's how you just described well, the bag see, it's but, it's but none of them are over overhand. They're, they're underhand. You've played bags before. Is this the revolution uh, we need in college football? Does Nebraska need to find the next underhanded throwing We need to find the, the Rick Barry of quarterbacks <laughs> at the free throw line instead of uh, at the line in the pot pocket. It's a Big Ten recap. Let's talk the topic of vision and reality. What did we think and what do we know about Matt Rule's vision? Well, he wants to be a defensive-minded football team. And he achieved that year one. They not only were the strength of the football team, but I believe uh, that 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 mind's eye was was very real through all 12 football games. Uh, the vision is to have a quarterback that can manage and make some plays, do some damage with their feet. Uh, that was inconsistent. The reality is, is you don't have your starting quarterback on campus right now. Chuba may. If he sticks, win the job, but you still got to go shopping and bring somebody in via the portal. The vision to have explosive track athletes and just phenomenal speed guys on the field to be part of that offensive ensemble. Well, you, you saw young guys step up and make plays as the year went on, and quite honestly, they were missed more than they were hit because uh, some of them were running open for a while. So, that vision uh, and reality seem to, to be shaking hands. You just need somebody to get them the football. The vision of having a bruising run game and 
rack up 75 yards in the fourth quarter is still a vision. It's not a reality. You you led the Big Ten in rushing. That was nice. But I, I think there were moments where Sat probably went away from, from running the football and threw it because there's just a lack of respect for Nebraska's passing game. And, 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 and that fell on the, all right, let's stop Nebraska's run game. And the quarterback was still the focal point. You didn't have a, a power a power running situation where you could just line up and run it when you had to, not quite yet. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Elijah, that's where I'm at with the vision versus the reality. Big picture, long term, there's still time to get all these things in sync, to pair with a defense, to pair with better special teams, and and overall better decision making. And at some point you're going to get over that hump in crunch time, and you're going to be on the right side of those one-score games under Matt Rule. I believe that it just wasn't year one. Well, I, I think to, to boil down the year one vision, so I think the, the year one vision for the offense was different than the long-term vision for the offense. And I think that this coaching staff thought that they could get by in year one by emphasizing the rushing attack and having a developmental quarterback at the helm. I think they, they saw the potential in Sims, and I thought I think they thought that you know what, we can get by in year one with a developmental quarterback. I think the reality of the situation was you had a defense that was ready to win now, and you found yourself behind the eight ball on offense because of what you thought you could do at the quarterback position. I think they kind of realized, you know what, the margins for error are way too thin in the Big Ten to be able to start a developmental quarterback even in a rebuilding year. I think that's kind of the, the retooling we're going to see this offseason in the quarterback position is, you know what, you can't run an offense in modern college football even differently than 10 years ago if you don't have a quarterback that's a focal point of your offense. I think that's something that is going to have to shift. And part of that shift came, in my opinion, whenever Dylan Raiola said he was going to Georgia. I mean, you saw a noted shift through the summer in how this staff wanted to recruit. Where I went from, you know what, we're going to go find Raiola and I, uh, who's the receiver? Wingo, the wide receiver Wingo, top target. The offensive tackle from Matter Day, a five-star offensive tackle. When Dylan Raiola said, you know what, I'm going to Georgia, and I think he kind of realized... Maybe we didn't have the NIL to go in and make a splash at three different five stars. I think you saw that vision change. You know what? We need to go back to what found us success at Baylor. We're going to go find diamonds in the rough, guys that aren't ranked by any of the recruiting services, guys that don't have any other offers. We're going to see the vision. You saw that shift. Through the season, you saw some things shift. I think post-Colorado, you kind of realized, you know what? We have a defense that's ready to win now. We need to find a quarterback that's going to be ready to win now or at least be better uh, equipped to keep this offense from shooting themselves in the foot than Jeff Sims. And I'm wondering how the vision shifts after that month of November. Because that was a month of November that should shift your long-term vision at Nebraska at least somewhat in terms of what it takes to win in the month of November. I'm not sure what that, that is going to look like in practice. We haven't seen far enough down the road. Is that coaching staff mix-up? Is that finding yourself a dedicated quarterbacks coach? Because through the month of November, I think that's what proved to me that offensively, your issues were squarely at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. You had an offensive line and a running game that progressed through the year and was good enough to win your football games. You found you just needed the threat, didn't you, at quarterback? You, you found a freshman wide receiver I think that can be reliable in Jalen Lloyd. You have some freshman wide receivers you're, you're bullish on for the future. I think what November proved to me was that I don't want to say you're a quarterback away from being great, but that your quarterback was holding your offense back significantly. 
maybe even more so than you thought the month of October. In October, you thought, you know what, the defense and the other pieces on offense are enough to go in football games despite the quarterback. November proved to you, no, you're, you're playing middling Big Ten teams and they're beating you because you don't have a quarterback. The reality is in the Big Ten, the margins are way too thin to have a quarterback that isn't enough to be a, a focal point of your offense. Every team in the Big Ten, it felt like, had a quarterback that could go win them football games when it came down to or at least or not didn't losing, lose. Didn't lose, didn't lose your games. games. And that's what Nebraska lose had. That's what the, the problem was in November. You didn't have a quarterback that was good enough to not, not lose you football games. And, you know, this, this year is a lot of, you know, what if, dot, dot, dot. What if Sims wasn't what he is? And that's a guy that's got all the physical tools in the world, but from a decision-making and taking care of the football standpoint, problematic. Harburg limited as a thrower to his defense, hasn't spent a lot of time developing as a thrower, 489-1240. And then you see Chubba, what if Chubba wouldn't have been hurt earlier in the year, where he's a guy, a viable option that, that was probably your best passing option. But as a whole, you got three quarterbacks that are one read guys. At least it looked like that. And uh, and once that adjustment was made by a defense, and it's going to happen in the Big Ten, it was it was game over. Four eight nine twelve forty. But uh, vision and reality for this football program. Uh, that's a nice vision, Brandon. Brandon chimes in on the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Chris, you want to go fifty fifty on a mobile whiskey bar outside Memorial Stadium? Backside will sell Prozacs. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's legal or not. No, give me uh, that the the South Stadium renovation. Get me that. Give me a whiskey you, bar you, inside you, the stadium with Prozac. All right. There, there's Elijah's dream for the future and vision. Maybe a sports uh, Adam, too. Yeah, Adam says I still blame Steve Peterson. F that guy. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, Dave checks in. And Dave says uh, the Iowa loss was not a gun punch. It was a full-on running start kick to the junk. It was a running start, says Dave's. Uh, it says Dave. Colin, our friend in South Bend, those rebuilds happened in a different era of college football with no NIL, no transfer portal in a weaker conference against weaker opponents. The examples hold a little weight in 2023. I don't agree with that. Uh, no, I mean if you're a, if you're a program that has the resources like Nebraska, you should be in the running uh, from a let's have a conversation. Now, there's one of the national recruiting analysts on 24/7. Forget his name, but he's been reached out to by Nebraska fans about all right. What about uh, the, the portal? What quarterback should or would or could fit for Nebraska? In this national 24-7 analyst, got to look his name up. And he's like, dude, I'd never go play for Satterfield. End the discussion. Like, that was his response on social media. And, and there's that narrative out there about Nebraska's offensive coordinator. And it's, it's so easy to, to point the finger and blame. And, and was he... As good as advertised? No. Maybe he's what was advertised. A guy that has turnover-prone offenses, and the, the narrative is he's a buddy hire. I mean, Sands coached a long time, and there's been some years where he's not coached with rule. 
all that being said, he has got to get his offense for sure. But while he's still quarterback coach, he has got to get his quarterback one through three ready to go. And you saw Harburg come in and perform a little bit, but but not get better as the year went on. Teams figured him out. There was an adjustment. He got dinged. Here comes Purdy out of the gate on fire. That was nice. And then uh, when push comes to shove, just too much inconsistency with communication. I mean, how many times did Nebraska put a gun to the head of a timeout and pull the trigger that you needed down the stretch? 489-1240. We'll get to Chris's comment here after a phone call. Yeah, we have Dave on the line. Dave, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go for it. Uh, I think it registered on the Richter scale when Hutmacher sacked their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he slammed him. I think that actually registered on the – and uh, how painful would have have been if we would have got the safety door up? How how painful that would it have been to lose thirteen to twelve? <laughs> yes, it would even been worse. But we got to go on. Uh, the volleyball team's on a roll. The men's basketball's on a roll. If anybody from Iowa brings up the football game, ask them where their girls' volleyball team is seated in the tournament coming up here. I don't think they made the cut. So. No, volleyball smack is always the go-to. Dave, thanks for the phone call. 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Is, uh, we're not here at Rosie's 10th and P. More of your phone calls, more of your emails, more of your comments coming up in the stream. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here, Roadshow Monday, Rosie's 10th and P, downtown Lincoln. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More comments to get to as it is a therapy slash grieving Monday, as Elijah's titled it, The Steps of Grief. What strep are you in as a Nebraska football fan? Paul's with us on the phone lines. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. I don't know if anyone's already expressed this, though. Somehow I doubt it because this is really out there, but while I will never, ever be happy with a losing season and especially losing to Iowa, I don't know that it wasn't beneficial that we're not going to a bowl. This is going to give us more strength and conditioning time, and it's going to allow the coaches to concentrate on recruiting as opposed to having to deal with uh, bowl practices. And quite frankly, if uh, the ones uh, are the ones that the starters are the ones that are going to get most of the reps in bowl prep. Uh, can you name me uh, uh, number one that's going to be a number one next fall of the uh, skill position players? Well, yeah, I can name you Fedoni. Uh, I think Emmett Johnson are two guys that we can count as skill. I think your offensive line, uh, Ben Hart comes Not back skill. and Pro Hosk. I know, but for what this offense needs to be, I would count him as air quote skill because you're going to need to be able to protect the quarterback and, and drive folks off the line. It starts and ends with the line of scrimmage. So, now I uh, listen. I, we can paint it that there are some silver linings by not going to a bowl, but the fact that you're one of four teams that haven't gone in the last X number of years, seven seasons yeah. now, 
that's embarrassing, that's quite frankly usable against you on the recruiting trail. There it is. And from a and from a from a beneficial standpoint, this team is all about development and development who's on campus and that's fifteen extra practices you get. That's an extra spring for a lot of the guys that that you might need in November because your first team guy went down with injury or you just want to have some depth. So getting to a bowl game because you had the opportunity is is absolutely biting, Paul. Yeah, I I get that. But honestly, I think strength and conditioning is more important. And I think recruiting is also going to be more important. It's going to give them a better chance to do that. You're still going to get strength and conditioning whether you go to a bowl game or not. You're going to get in-game simulation as much as you can with 15 practices, assuming you, you sprinkle in three or four scrimmages. And I still, I just, I'm not going to buy it. And besides, I'm hanging by a thread here, man. I well, got to find Paul. something to cheer about. Paul, appreciate you. Thanks for the phone call. Hey, have a good one, guys. You too, man. 489-1240, or 800-825-5865. And there's a couple elements to how bad the bowl game hurts. And to add to the 15 practices, it's not just 15 practices. 10 of those practices are coming, if not 11 or 12, without the impending doom of, oh, we have a game at the end of the week, so we have to take care of the guys. It's more like fall camp-esque practices that you can run than in the month of December. That's advantageous. No coach is going to say no to, to more practices. I'd also add to that, though, it, it's the recruiting perception, the perception around America. People see it on Twitter. Recruits see it on Twitter. Oh, Colorado, Nebraska, UMass, and I can't remember the fourth school are the only schools in America that haven't made a bowl game in seven years. Why do I think that I'm going to go to Nebraska and find success? Clearly, there's something wrong around it. There's a, a perception that you can sell that, hey, nobody made it in six years. In my first year as a head coach, me being Matt Rule, we made it to a bowl game. You can go and sell that on the recruiting trail. Obviously, you already have guys in the boat. You have a pretty full recruiting class right now. But there is that element to go sell it on the recruiting trail. Hey, you can come be the next big thing. I've already shown it. In year one, we've made progress. Are you going to be able to sell that same way to recruit that didn't watch all the games this year that, you know what, we made progress despite the fact we didn't make a bowl game? It's a harder sell. Well, quite honestly, you're going to have that payoff. I mean, that, that is your payoff. Yeah, you can talk about progress. Well, they, they won four games a year ago. They won five this year. Ooh, they're so close with one-score games. That's been the story the last few years, and I'm not knocking year one a rule. I think he did a hell of a job. But he'd probably tell you, if you sit down and have a beer with him, that there was more out there for this team. He'd also be very real about where they were limited, what he had to roll with in year one, and the fact that they got to five. I think he's very real about maybe this is where we're at. And while one side of the ball was good to dominant, uh, the other side with the turnover is very problematic. Who's on the line? Well, this is going to be interesting. We have two different Pete's on the line, so we're going to go to Pete number one first. Okay, Pete, Pete number one, go for it. Thanks for calling. How are you doing today? Good, Pete. Thanks for checking in. I guess, in my opinion, I'm I'm kind of disappointed. I thought the coaching staff would be more professional. Our clock management, our end of game, uh, didn't seem to be thought out. Um, we we repeated the same thing several times in several games towards the end of the game. Uh, I just I just thought we would be a little bit better there. I think the coaching staff has some soul searching to do. Um, 
dumb calls. We go to run the ball, and then all of a sudden we go to pass and when the running game's working. Just a lot of different things uh, towards the end of games that I thought was mis- mismanaged in the coaching staff. The other thing is, you know, the defense made some progress, but the truth of the matter is, at the end of games, the defense give up plays to lose the game too. So the defense did did good, but several games they gave up the winning drives at the end of the game, and that that needs to get a little better also. Pete, well thought out. Appreciate the phone call. Four eight nine twelve forty. Yeah, in uh, the game management, that is one or one a uh, after quarterback. That might be 2A then, forgive me. And then, yeah, the defense was good, but not clutch. That is super harsh, super harsh, as, as much as they carried all year long. With good, not great offense and special teams, this defense becomes statistically a top three defense. That, that's that, a common that's end, other... just to let it be known. Common in from Geekstradamus yeah. for those listening on the air. That's not a, a Schmitty yeah. thought. No, and, and yeah, thank you. I was going to get to the, the, the comment, and thank you for allowing me not to botch Geekstradamus and reading it for me. Who else? We got Pete number two on the line. Yeah, we do. Let's squeeze in Pete number two. Pete, thanks for calling. Go for it. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. I'm going to put a little optimistic twist on this. I know for the past few years there's been a lot of complaints that we're not good enough up front offensively defensively. I think that Coach Rule's philosophy of development can take place in that big guy front, both on the defense and the offense. And, you know, in the past we've had tons of skill player players and still not win games. So I think the path that he's taken will be okay. We don't need a Heisman-type quarterback. A good average game manager will do i think Nebraska is going to be just fine in a couple years pete good call appreciate the optimism there and yeah i mean that's the emphasis and you need to emphasize the lines of scrimmage that's how you win football games in the big 10 and, and beyond uh you have uh chris checking in in the stream hail varsity youtube well, channels where you can watch can but say, you need Good line of scrimmage to win in the Big Ten, but you can't win anywhere with a, a quarterback that turns the ball over with the, the efficiency that Nebraska does. That's the thing. Right. That, that's fair. Uh, we got, quote, next year, put it on T-shirts, drop the Go Big Red chant and start, we got next year, we got next year. I'm a fan of 50 years and five and seven is the new standard. That from Chris on the stream. We'll wind down our one next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, hour two coming up, Charlie McBride's take on the season. Jay Moore checks in. Uh, John on Twitter uh, at HVarsity Radio is where you can follow the radio show. And he asks us and tags our friends at 1890. <laughs> hey, guys, great show. My question about Satterfield is how much was he truly handcuffed by his quarterbacks, especially early on when Purdy was out with injury? Uh, we had Sims who couldn't catch a snap. HH was serviceable to decent at many points and then also a turnover machine. And Harburg ended up getting dinged up and, yeah, defense is caught up to him. Absolutely 
center field was handcuffed by his quarterbacks. But those two he inherited. He also knew kind of what you had in spring, depending on their availability. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was consulted, if he jumped on the table for Sims. I don't know where he was in the Sims decision-making process other than Sims is coming to Lincoln. I don't know where Satterfield was at in the Casey Thompson discussion. I don't know where Sims. I don't know where uh, Satterfield was at in the um, uh, discussion point with uh, the kid who went to to, to Alabama, um, Logan Smothers. Oh, oh. So not, not that I mean, Alabama. He went to the other Alabama. <laughs> the I state. Like, I was like, Nebraska had a transfer quarterback to Alabama <laughs> no, last year. I'm, I'm like, sorry. what are you on? <laughs> I'm just drinking water here. I promise it's not goose. I promise. So we don't well, know those questions. Well, I, I assume he's he's it's it's. Hey, what do you think, Sat? You want a guy from Georgia Tech that was a former Elite Eleven? If I'm an offensive coordinator, I go sure. Uh, and you pray that you can fix him. They couldn't. I, I don't think it was a question that Satterfield was handcuffed by the quarterbacks he had. My bigger question is, is the offense that you were rolling with in the second half of the season, was it adjusted to the strengths of the quarterback as much as it could have been? Because that's October, the thing, that's, it, that's, October it was. That's what I'll say about Iowa. Iowa doesn't have a good offense, but it is very narrowly tailored to how garbage their quarterbacks are. Like, they never ask their quarterbacks to do something they can't do. I couldn't say the same for Nebraska and their quarterbacks through the final nine games. You can even call it all 12 games. I didn't think the offense was designed in a way to minimize how much we had to see their weaknesses. I thought their weaknesses mm-hmm. were brought to the forefront a decent amount. That's my complaint with Marcus Satterfield in 2023. It's not necessarily that the quarterbacks were turning the football over. My question is, is how much of a role did Satterfield play in those turnovers based on what he was calling by not averting play calls that didn't play to their strengths. That's my question with Satterfield. That's why I think he gets another year because I'm not in within the program. Like, I think he deserves a shot at having a quarterback that can run an offense that is what he wants to call. I don't think what he wanted to call is what we're seeing at the end of the year, but I also don't think he was calling what the strengths of these quarterbacks were and only what the strengths of these quarterbacks were. I think and, he tried to they, marry they were... what he wanted with what these quarterbacks can do as opposed to just calling what these quarterbacks can do or calling exclusively what he wanted to call. Well, and I think he drifted into what he wanted to do versus what they could do Exactly. too many times. Uh, reminder to get buckled up, and uh, one of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an impaired driver. White tank chances if you drink or use other substances, don't drive. Impaired driving is dangerous. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. More comments from you. And uh, a word from Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride on the way. Jay Moore, Hour 2. Downtown here, Rosie's 10th and P. A Huda Media Production.